0: to another episode of Classic Gaming Brothers. I'm Zach.
1: And I'm Seth.
0: And we are the Classic Gaming Brothers.
1: That's right. We are the Classic Gaming Brothers. We are. We are.
0: Hey, next weekend, on Sunday, we're going to be at the Boston Area Retro Game Show.
1: We are going to be there next Sunday, uh, so you can actually, if you are in the area, possibly listen to our podcast as you drive to the Boston area.
0: Ah, uh, you can listen to the, our podcast
1: with us. If you listen to this episode and you really want to listen to our the podcast with us, you can ask... And more than likely, Zach will make some umming noises and I will say, get out of here. (laughs) We're also going to be at PAX the following week. We
0: are. We are. Yes, PAX.
1: Which is also taking place in Boston. Is that the following weekend? It's the end of March. Anyway.
0: Uh, Seth, what have you been recently playing, speaking of video games?
1: Recently, I've been playing Pharaoh, A New Era, which was released uh, today, actually, at the time of our recording. Uh, it was the 15th of February of 2023. Pharaoh, A New Era, is a remastered version of the Impression slash Sierra Pharaoh's game and now it's available in 4k with a modern user interface it was uh, developed by triscoll interactive and it was published by emu and EMU publishes a lot of uh, reimaginings and remasters of older games. And they're generally pretty good. I played through the beginning level, and I'm very excited to be able to relive a game that I adored back in the early 2000s. Uh, the original Pharaoh came out in 1999 and is a game that we actually covered a little bit back in episode 81, where we talk about the city building genre and uh, talking about uh, primarily, I think we did talk primarily about Caesar and Pharaoh. And then I think we mentioned Zeus. I think so
0: too. I feel like we talked about a new era at some point.
1: I, we probably did yeah 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 as the legacy portion i think this is one of the first or few first games of games that we've covered in our byway pass after they were announced and then has, now has complete to release which is fun and it's got so far it's off to some good positive reviews which is always good because sometimes the games that we want in our byway pass don't always uh Go out to uh, positive reviews. Anyway, uh, so far it's been very, very nostalgic with the music just hitting my ears right. And I couldn't help myself with humming along with the, uh, the Pharaoh theme. I think the user interface will take some time for me to getting used to it. But if it plays well on my Steam Deck, then I know what I'll be playing for a very long time. Very excited. Pharaoh, a new era, a remastered of the Pharaoh and I believe Cleopatra game by Triscal Interactive released in 2023. So if you like the City Builder games, maybe check this one out. Very cool. Zach, what have you been playing?
0: I've been playing Wild Guns, uh, because I accidentally started playing Wild Guns for my Retro Rewind before I remembered that you asked me to play Sunset Riders. In my defense, they are both Western shooting games on the Super Nintendo slash Super Famicom, so easy to get them confused. It's a shooting gallery style game by Natsume, and it was originally released in 1994 for the Super Famicom, and later in 1995 in the US for the Super Nintendo. And it's kind of like playing a video game version of wild wild west it's like western with a steampunk vibe where a lot of the bosses you fight are these big steampunk mechs and you have to shoot them until they explode the way it's done is again like a shooting gallery where your character is like locked in at the bottom of the screen and characters like pop up from behind barrels and they poke their heads out of windows and you use your D-pad and such to like steer around your reticle so that you can shoot these guys a lot. Uh, and uh, it's it's a very fun, addicting game. It's not though my retro rewind. So I am putting it in as my recently played. <laughs> I do want to play though Wild Guns Reloaded, which just came out a few years ago for the PS4, PC, and Switch. I think uh, it was 2017 or 2018 or so. So not too long ago. Um, it's supposed to be a kind of more modern remaster of the Wild Guns game. Um, So I'm looking to try that out at a
1: later date. Great. I think I've played Wild Guns as well. I think it is similar to Sunset Riders.
0: In the sense that there's a lot of shooting involved.
1: Right, 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 right. I like Sunset Riders for the nostalgia arcade vibes because I think there was a roller rink that had Sunset Riders as an arcade game. But we could talk about that more later because today we're talking about gambling games. Now, every everybody just so you know gambling is an addictive activity or can be an addictive activity and we classic gaming brothers do not condone addiction so if you gamble you should play smart and always remember in pennsylvania the lottery motto is benefits older pennsylvanians every day which is just a great state motto uh, some of the uh, the other state models have great uh lottery mottos but i think pennsylvania has the best lottery motto uh connecticut says don't let the big one get away <laughs> that sounds threatening in Rhode Island. Is Dreams Rock.
0: Now, today we're going to be talking about specifically gambling as it relates to uh, video games and different functions. But of course, gambling has been around since really the dawn of man. Examples of gambling have been found as far back as the Paleolithic era with um, archaeological digs that have found evidence of early chance games and dice. Betting on animal fights, lottery games, and dominoes also sprung into popularity in early China. And really, as long as there's been People, there has been betting uh, because if there's one thing humans really like, it's money. And in a similar vein, the amount of gambling games that exists on video game consoles and computers is basically endless. And we wanted to talk about some of the historic ones as well as some interesting ones that people might not know about. To get kind of into a general discussion in history, gambling in video games is like gambling in history. It goes hand in hand, and it's been there since the very beginning. Some of the earliest arcade games were made for the sole purpose of gambling, and this can actually be seen in early mechanical games, which often used either chance or games of skill. Pinball, in fact, in its early days in the 1930s, was actually banned in some countries and cities due to the similarities it had to gambling machines. Over the years, however, the bans would be lifted. Uh, New York City, for example, lifted their ban on pinball machines in 1976, and Chicago lifted theirs in 19. 19- 1977 early pinball machines in fact would often have a label on them and you can still see this if you go to some like places that have some real classic pinball machines Uh, but they'll have a label that says for amusement only which was an attempt to distance the machines from actual gambling machines table games like those that you would find at a casino, were some of the earliest video games in general. On the Magnavox Odyssey, for example, you could play roulette. The player, in this case, would crank the dial on the Odyssey's controller and see where the pixel lands under a TV overlay that kinda looked like a roulette wheel. And the Odyssey is the very first video game system. Literally one of the first games that came out for it was a gambling game. It came with poker chips that you could use to bet, and it was solely designed for betting as games got more advanced and the advent of the ROM cartridge was introduced this kind of opened up the Pandora's box of what could be made for a video game system
1: yeah and I think it's a, an interesting point like with the Magnavox Odyssey having like roulette you were bringing not only the arcade into your home but you were bringing the casino into your home oh yeah so if you you could theoretically bring people over yes you couldn't bet dollars in the game itself right
0: yeah you couldn't do much in the game itself it was just Right, it
1: was was like lights and and a TV overlay. However, that doesn't mean you couldn't gamble with it because you could use it as a roulette wheel and gamble in person with your friends or your enemies. Now, the Fairchild Channel F had a number of games based on popular card games like Video Blackjack and Casino Poker, as well as a slot machine cartridge. On the Atari 2600, we would see Casino in 1978, which had a variety of table games. This includes Blackjack, five-card stud poker, and poker solitaire. And the next year, David Crane, who would go on to become the founder of Activision, released Slot Machine. Now, as Nintendo rolled into the U.S., so did gambling games on the NES. Casino Kid for the NES was released in 1989 and featured a variety of games like Blackjack and Poker. Slot Machines and Roulette, however, are omitted from the U.S. version of the game because we like gambling, but card games generally are, I don't know, no, I feel like card games are more acceptable. At least for
0: software like in that era, that was primarily targeted toward children. Yeah, I mean, especially
1: since it was called Casino Kid.
0: I think there was this kind of taboo element of having something like a slot machine, which is very explicitly gambling, but like blackjack and poker, that's like what your parents do on, on Sunday night right, <laughs> when, right, when you're playing right. Nintendo. <laughs> and, rou-
1: and roulette was definitely, I feel like roulette and craps are definitely like adult games. You know, they're the kind of games that you can see somebody in a suit surrounded by ladies smoking whatever, throwing dice. Early computers also featured some gambling options in their earlier days. The Apple One, which had very few games in general due to the complete lack of any graphic characters, featured a slot machine simulation game. Other early computers like the Altair 8800 or the IMSAI 8080 had card games like blackjack and poker. On systems that ram CPM, like Kpro, there were games like Horse Race that allowed you to bet your fictional money on fictional horses. As computers got faster, so did the ability to make more realistic games, and various casino games were released on IBM PC, Apple II, Commodore 64, and so on. One thing that makes gambling on something like a Magnavox, Atari 2600, or Fairchild Channel F is no one is losing money beyond what you spend on the console in the game and bet on the side. (laughs) Some later games would create an arbitrary credit system often done to reward the player or force games to reset. But for most part, you can spend hours playing something like Slot Machine for the Atari 2600 and never lose a single dime. However, it would train you to eventually want to go gamble your real money because it's the, the nature of all gambling video games. And not just online gambling games like internet poker. In the world of video game piracy and unlicensed video games, there were also ways to gamble your real money.
0: In fact, in Russia, the video game market was primarily conquered by a company called Steepler, with their line of Dendi products. For a little background, the Dendi was a rebranded Famicom clone and quickly became one of the best-selling video game systems in the country and in Eastern Europe. It actually outsold Nintendo products when they started to arrive in the country. Dendi had a brand of cartridges called Bonza, which would feature a slot that you could insert a smart card into and gamble with real money. You would then take the card to a local store and exchange it for real Cash. And the Bonza cartridges are actually interesting because, for the most part, they're not really well documented besides photographs of what they looked like and what the smart cards looked like. They are currently, or majority of them, based on recent information I've saw, are undumped as they have very strong anti cheat protections in place. On the arcade scene during the 1980s, some machines were called stealth gambling games which often were unlicensed versions of Pac-Man, Space Invaders or Tetris and could be found in an, in illegal gambling dens. These basically functioned like these arcade games would function, but they also were gambling games. For example, one of these was Cherry Master, which was a video roulette game. However, it had a way of you pressing a button to switch it into a mode that made it look like Super Pac-Man. And this was done to avoid detection from law enforcement in these illegal gambling places. So, you might go into a place that, a little shady, might be filled with some cigar smoke, cigarette smoke, a line of arcade cabinets that have colorful games on them and you start playing them and gambling your real money then the police come in and you press a button and suddenly your roulette game is now Pac-Man. Now, some of these games would also reuse graphics from stolen games, so your roulette game might use the ghosts or the cherries from Pac-Man or Pac-Man himself. Unlicensed games that wouldn't feature real money also, of course, existed. Uh, one being Dianshi Mali, or TV Mari, which was a fairly generic slot machine-style game that featured Mario graphics, as well as Mahjong Games, which are a common sight for anyone who's ever purchased a multi-cart pirate cartridge. And there was also the infamous adult-themed games released by Panesian, Hot Slots and Peekaboo Poker, two of the most expensive unlicensed video games. And they are literally just gambling games, but instead of money, you get the tantalizing image of pixelated nudity.
1: Now, as graphics got better in the 1990s, uh, so did Ways to Gamble at Home. The Super Famicom in Japan had a ton of titles that are just catered to gambling fake money. This includes a wide number of pachinko games, nearly 10 of them, and four games in the Derby Stallion horse betting simulation game. In the US, there was the game Vegas Stakes for the Super Nintendo as well, which featured blackjack, poker, Craps, roulette, and slot machines. The game also features interaction between other patrons, such as the risk of being pickpocketed. That game has a story to it, too. You're like, you're going down, like, to Vegas with your friends? and you all like invade Vegas and you're trying to take Vegas for its amount of money or something, there's like a story to a gambling game, which is fun in its own right. Gambling also wouldn't be kept to just dedicated games, but also spread into mainstream titles through mini games. Probably one of the best examples is the Pokemon franchise, where players can go to a casino and play slot machines. Sonic also had plenty of slot machines in levels like Casino Night Zone in Sonic 2. And of course, many Mario Party minigames are just based on chance and effectively gambling games. In more recent years, games like Grand Theft Auto, Mass Effect, Red Dead Redemption, Fallout, have the ability for players to enter casinos and bet in-world currency on various things like real-world stuff like horse races, roulette, poker, blackjack, slots, in-game stuff like Varen fights and like all sorts of uh, fun different uh, on-brand themes in like the Fallout world or the Mass Effect world and really it just incorporates the mini games that tend to be games of chance. Gambling also can be seen in a more modern trend in games such as loot boxes. Many games today, primarily online games, offer loot boxes which will reward the player with a variety of items for a fee. Often the players will never know the quality or the type of items that they will receive. In some cases this is mostly aesthetic, but in other cases this can reward the player with advantages to the gameplay, such as in Battlefront 2. Battlefront 2 in its early days was notorious for having loot boxes that would provide players with advantages against players who didn't participate in the loot box system battlefront 2 has the pleasure of being the most down voted reddit post in the history of reddit when it comes to their loot box mechanics people were not happy and i would i want to give a little bit of props to ea because we we go at ea pretty hard a lot in general but i personally feel like since the fallout from battlefront 2 ea has gotten to be a little bit better when it comes to microtransactions
0: in in ea's defense they also fixed battlefront 2 significantly there are still loot boxes in battlefront 2 but none of the items you get are advantages and you can earn loot boxes through not paying a dime like i've got loot boxes and i didn't pay a dime for beyond getting the game
1: one of the underlying currents that a lot of people feel and, and me included is that microtransaction and loot boxes at least my personal opinions microtransaction and loot boxes are not inherently evil. I don't like it when I pay $60, and then I have this feeling where I have to pay to win to get ahead in the game. Because then I'm paying $60, and then paying $20 and, $20, and $20, and $20, and $20. If I look back, I'll be like, wow, I spent $700 on that game. And what did I get? I'm a little bit better than another player. That's not that great. Like, So I'm in the camp that I don't necessarily think that loot boxes are bad, nor microtransactions are bad i inherently think that loot boxes are better than microtransactions i tend to think of them at the same vein but i think uh i think a loot box is probably a better thing because microtransaction implies that there's some sort of micro in-game transaction where a loot box could be given to you for free i don't necessarily have problems with them i have problems when developers release uncompleted games and then fill the rest of the completion with microtransaction loot boxes Yes. I have problems with Also, loot boxes leading towards in-game advantages. There is also something else. I was playing a Call of Duty game. I think I was playing the new old, the World War II one. They had characters running around that had looked like naked anime guys, like big, muscly naked anime guys. While I'm playing my World War II game, and it just is jarring to say the least. (laughs) Which I don't blame the person who gets the naked anime skin. Right? I why I judge them, but I don't blame them. I do blame Call of Duty, because I feel like Call of Duty should make in theme loot crates. Like, don't give people silly stuff give people like whatever camo or something we
0: saw a game at pax it was a world war one game
1: and the aesthetics were
0: like different mustaches that are like period specific or like uniform styling and stuff like that
1: verdun verdun yeah battle the battle for verdun
0: that sort of stuff i think is fun like i i want the silly mustaches give me silly mustaches that are like period specific
1: hundred percent don't make my character an anime character or give that option because you know somebody's gonna pick it now now, part of the things that have been unfolding lately in today's day and age is that there have been a number of class action lawsuits that have been filed in regards to loot boxes and loot box systems. Several class action lawsuits have been filed in France in California and Illinois and elsewhere against the practice of loot boxes. In February of 2022, class action lawsuits were filed against Electronic Arts in France regarding FIFA and asserting that the ultimate team is essentially unregulated gambling, Additionally, that there is no parental controls, and the way Ultimate Team is set up, it encourages underage and frankly regular age gambling. <laughs> That's it's no longer underage and right re- it's regular age is the the way that you classify somebody as being not <laughs> <the laughs> underage. That's good. You're either underage or you are regular age. And the Netherlands and Belgium have also heard similar cases in their court systems. And they're actually heading towards a full ban of loot boxes in games.
0: Yeah. In June of 2020, a lawsuit was filed in California against Apple saying that Apple engages in predatory practices enticing consumers, including children, to engage in gambling and similar addictive practices. Due to the games using loot boxes offered on the Apple's App Store, thus turning your iPhone into an unauthorized gambling machine, which is illegal in the state of California. Americans are also pretty annoyed at EA too. In August of 2020, another class action lawsuit was filed against EA over the Ultimate Team Loot Boxes in FIFA and Madden NFL games. And the legal firm suing Apple is also suing EA. There was also a class action lawsuit in Illinois against Take-Two Interactive for loot boxes in NBA 2K. This one filed by a parent of a child who states the games psychologically distance the cost of loot boxes from real world money and thus are deceptive to the cost of them. I can 100% see this. A lot of times these games will connect, you know, parents card or your card to, uh, an online service. So if you are using, for example, PSN or Xbox Live, it's possible that your credit card or debit card or your parents' card, if you're young, um, is already in the system. So when it comes to buying these microtransactions or loot boxes, often all you do is just press buy and it's already approved. Like, sometimes you don't need to do anything. Um, I know for a fact on my PSN, if I wanted to purchase something, it literally just brings me to a purchase page. I don't have to re-input anything. I just press go and it's done. So I can 100% see children not really realizing that that's real-world money they're spending, and that adds up over time. These cases are mostly pending, and their outcomes will either embolden or scare the industry into having more or less. It's likely that regulation will be coming down the pipeline, because we all might enjoy our freedom stateside but the one thing that government loves regulating is money. It's possible within the next 10 or so years we'll have loot box specific legislation regulating it. Our culture also has a very pro gambling attitude and the gambling lobby pushes hard to get more and more people addicted to their games so they can keep taking people's money. So it will be interesting to see how loot boxes evolve over time especially as states are adopting things like sports betting which has been on the rise. I know it recently came to Massachusetts, and it's likely coming to other states that haven't put it on the books yet. But this opens up a whole new world of access to gambling, especially with the advent of things like sports betting digitally through apps, which is another thing that they've been looking into.
1: I mean, there's nothing stopping somebody from laying in a sports betting app into a Madden type game and gambling on fictional taking your fantasy team, putting them into a Madden game and having a fictional game that happens and that you can bet on
0: and i think it's interesting with um i do know there has been some action taken on places like twitch uh twitch i know has banned gambling based streams such as slot streams people are just streaming their slot roulettes and stuff like that or roulette so i think that's interesting that they've i think there's some exceptions like i think they still allow poker because the like poker world championship is a pretty big industry it is interesting to see how some companies have tried to crack down on this and prevent stuff like this from you know having a negative influence
1: and as we stated earlier we've been as a humanity been gambling for a very long time
0: and in video games for a very long time and we will gamble
1: for years to come if there's a will there's a way i there are websites that allow you to gamble on anything you want if you want to gamble on who's going to win the next presidential election you could do that there's a website that does that so i feel like it's going to be very interesting because i feel like these class action lawsuits to loot boxes and this type of like gambling but not is really going to show what's going to happen and whether or not there emboldened to add it more and layer it into more games or not. And I think we'll see it more in AAA titles because the bigger the company that publishes the game or develops the game, the more likely they will be a public company. And if they're a public company, they're beholden to shareholders and they need to drive profits over people. So those games will be more likely you'll continue to see, like Call of Duty games, having loot boxes and microtransactions in there or games as a service. I hate that word. Anyway... That's gonna be our gambling episode. Yes. We hope you didn't gamble
0: too much on this one. We're gonna move into our retro rewind.
1: Yes. Zach had be playing Zero Wing, uh released originally in the Japanese arcades in nineteen eighty-nine. It would get ported into the Sega Mega Drive in Japan and in the European market in 1991. I played the European version of the game uh, because I wanted to see the fun intro, which kind of reminded me of XCOM with the cartoons. But then the dialogue came in and it was very jarring. It was horribly translated english whoever was in charge of the translation obviously didn't care um or they didn't have a um a localizer they translated it but did not localize it
0: they barely translated it
1: the game zero wing is where all your base are belong to us the meme comes from where the the creature known as cats is arguing with the captain about attacking him and it's blowing up and then they send out the zig space fighters and you play as trent as you fly your zig fighter uh it's a side-scrolling shoot-em-up game where you fly through eight levels with a boss at each stage and the thing that is interesting about this game is something i didn't even know how to do uh, the ship when I played the game is equipped with a tractor beam and I thought it was just for tractoring things but apparently you can also tractor ships as other ships as shields oh yeah, so and good. you can protect yourself I didn't use, I didn't do that at all I just dodged and the tractor beam is called the sizer beam um, and you, you use it to tractor the ships use it as your shields you're pretty vulnerable without doing that and I found that out because I got shot and died a lot there was also some cool level ups you get like things that float alongside you that shoot and then you eventually get lasers and heat-seeking missiles. It's a lot of fun. So does it does it hold up? Absolutely. I think Zero Wing's a great game. You should check it out on the Sega Mega Drive and play the one with the English translations, and you will have a great time. Especially if you like side-scrolling shoot 'em ups. I want Zach to actually play XCOM. Interceptor. I thought about him having him play XCOM TFTD, which is Terror from the Deep, which is probably one of my favorite XCOM games, but I decided Interceptor is probably a a better game for him to play.
0: Great. Thank you. I'm very excited to play.
1: It's not Enforcer.
0: I thought it was Enforcer for a second when I saw the name and I was like, wow, Seth's punishing me again. Anyway, Seth had me play Sunset Riders. Uh, Sunset Riders was originally released in 1991 by Konami for the arcade and later ported to the Mega Drive, Super Nintendo, PlayStation 4, and Switch. I played the Super Nintendo version because Seth told me to. The game features four different bounty hunters who have to hunt down their target and claim the bounty. I played as Billy Cool, Billy Cool. Because I liked his name. I think he had the best name of all the characters. His name was Billy Cool. The game is a run and gun, but I argue that it feels more like a beat-em-up but with guns, uh, you basically are walking left to right as you wanted to beat them up uh, and just blasting random people who, like, I assume they're criminals, but also they're kind of just like townsfolk who are fighting you. Um, like, they, they'll lean out of, like, house windows or business windows shooting you. And I'm like, it's just a guy who owns a shop who's... who's very belligerent today and and you blast him and uh, you do this using a variety of weapons uh, primarily pistols which you can upgrade into dual pistols or pistols with rapid fire which doesn't make much sense considering uh these were likely six shooters but you know what video games don't have to make sense and this game doesn't have to make sense and that's why I really liked it um, I think it does hold up um, I think sunset riders is a perfect game to play if you just want to have a good time shooting bad guys in the wild wild west and it can be a little tough it's one of those games where it's like one hit you die unless you pick up an upgrade and then it's one hit you get knocked down and then you die but at the same time you know sometimes it's good to have a game with a little bit of challenge and that's why i think sunset riders does hold up so yeah i really liked it and i look forward to playing a bit more maybe later next week seth i want you to play kingdom of cross for ms dos
1: nice I'm excited about Kingdom of Kraz It's like ZZT, but different. Oh, man. Now I think I'm super excited. Nice.
0: Well, thank you everyone for joining us this episode. Thank you everyone for listening. If anyone has any memories of gambling games they played back in the day, feel free to email us at ClassicGamingBrothers at gmail.com. You can also reach out to us via our website, Classic Gaming Brothers, or through our Facebook classic gaming brothers instagram classic gaming brothers twitter CG Brothers pod or twitch classic gaming brothers yeah feel free to reach out to us via any of those means you can always listen to us via the different podcasting applications out there if you're trying to recommend us to your friends and you want to be like hey you want to listen to these goofy brothers in their silly podcast where they talk about video games and gambling apparently just tell them where to listen to us we're on podbean iheartradio stitch stitcher Stitcher wherever podcasts are found that being said that's all I have to say Seth do you have anything to contribute
1: don't play games like my brother
0: and don't play games like my brother
1: I've been Seth and I've been Zach and we've been the classic gaming brothers
0: that's right. that's
1: right